The presenting sponsor this season is Subaru. As a group of adventurers, you've probably heard of Subaru, but let me tell you about one of their cars that's a fan favorite, the 2020 Subaru Forester. Here are a couple reasons to love the Forester. Let's start with something we all care about, safety. The 2020 Forester has driver-focused distraction mitigation system, which helps guards against distracted driving. Have more than one person driving in the car? You can set it up so it recognizes up to five drivers. Technology is amazing. Next on the list is that Subaru is built to last. According to Experian Automotive, 97% of Forester vehicles sold in the last 10 years are still on the road today. It's hard to say goodbye to your Subaru. And last but not least is the fact that the 2020 Forester is the only non-luxury SUV that includes standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, which means better handling and a quicker response to road conditions. What's not to love about the 2020 Forester? You can learn more about everything the car has to offer at Subaru.com. Disclaimer, Driver Focus is a driver recognition system designed to alert the driver if their attention to the road wavers or if the driver's face appears to turn away. Drivers responsible for safe and attentive driving. System effectiveness depends on many factors. See owner's manual. See us now. A reimagining of our history with the coastline and the sea. As a woman, you know, the ocean is calibrated with the moon, with the tides, and my body is calibrated with the moon, right? With my cycles. And there's this weird, beautiful, otherworldly connection I have when I catch a really great wave that I just kind of connect into that feminine aspect energy of the water. You're hearing from Textured Waves, an incredible surf collective of women who aim to add more diversity to surfing and introduce more women of color to riding waves. We're reclaiming our place in the deep blue, building off the strength of the generations that came before us. This is a love letter to our past and our future. History's selective narrative does not dictate how we choose to see ourselves. We stand on the shoulders of water women who weren't afforded these opportunities. Telling our stories with each new wave, the sea, our healing connection. Defying gravity from our head to our toes. The co-founders of Textured Waves recently collaborated with a women's surf brand, Sia, to create a stunning four-minute film called See Us Now. The film is absolutely beautiful. It reimagines vintage surf culture to include and highlight Black women using imagery, music, and poetic narrative. Today I'm talking with some of the co-founders of Textured Waves, Chelsea Woody, Martina Duran, and Danielle Black Lyons, about making the film, how surfing has brought them together, diversity in surfing, and so much more. I'm Shelby Stanger, and this is Wild Ideas Worth Living. The idea to make a project like See Us Now had been brewing in Chelsea Woody's mind for a few years before it came to life. Before we get into the making of the film, I want to introduce you to Chelsea. 
She's one of the co-founders of Textured Waves, and she's a total badass. All the women involved are. Chelsea works full-time as a nurse, and she took up surfing later in life while she and her husband were traveling. Well, I started surfing later in life at 30. Yeah! Ah! <laughs> but yeah, me and my husband started surfing almost six years now, though, in Indonesia. Uh, we'd been traveling for about a year and a half, took some time off of work. We actually were living in Seattle, quit our jobs, traveled around the world. And then on that trip, I was like, I'm going to learn to surf. And so actually on my 30th birthday, I was like, I'm going to catch 30 waves in Indonesia on this island called Lombok. And I obviously wasn't catching green waves, but 30 waves on the whitewash, that was something to me. And I had been trying so hard. I remember that day, I was like, I'm gonna catch 30 waves on my 30th birthday. And then I got out of the water and some people had been watching me and I was so embarrassed. And they were like, we wanted so bad for you to catch a wave. And I was like, wait, what? I couldn't believe that like people had been watching me struggle. And like, you're just in this tunnel vision of just wanting to learn, right? And like, yeah, it just consumed me. And actually that made me mad. And I was like, I'm gonna learn how to do this. ocean is our baptism, healing waters root our purpose. When Chelsea got back to the USA, she found other women of color who surfed on Instagram. That eventually led to the start of Textured Waves. Two years after meeting online, Chelsea and her co-founders of Textured Waves then connected to the swimwear brand Sia, where they made their wild idea about this stunning film a reality. CS Now is shot with a vintage type filter and it echoes the atmosphere of the 1960s. This was an era when Jim Crow laws prevented black people from accessing public beaches and swimming areas. The film reimagines this history and focuses on what it would have been like if more black women surfed in this era. With this project, the women of Textured Waves are reclaiming their relationship and history with the sea. Chelsea, can you tell us about how this film came together? The background to it is really a marriage of Black beach culture in the 50s and 60s married to vintage surf culture. There's often this nostalgia about vintage surf culture and the vibe, and we see lots of folks emulating that now. And for African-Americans and specifically African-American females, This is just not something that we see in that history. Amanda from SIA reached out to us via Instagram and she really loved what we were up to and she wanted to figure out a way that we could work together. And, you know, we were very intentional by just wanting to do something that was long lasting and that would make an impact on surf culture. And, you know, we pitched this idea to her and she really loved it and You know, even when I was thinking of the storyline a few years ago, I actually had her brand in mind. So the universe kind of came together and the stars aligned and we were able to make this film. It's a beautiful film and we'll definitely link to it in the show notes. So every single person listening definitely needs to watch it because it's stunning and you're all really good surfers. I love that it's history reimagined and I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about that. 
Yeah, we wanted to reimagine Black beach culture and our relationship with the sea. And the whole idea was we wanted it to captivate people and be a dreamlike state and, you know, have folks just imagining how beautiful this imagery is. Beautiful of like Black female surfers, beautiful example of women's empowerment and what we as like surfers can create for the future generations of surfing. I just thought it was so cool because, you know, you wouldn't see a group of first females going to surf together like that in the 50s, let alone black females together in the 50s. So for me, it was really powerful. We were really intentional too to have a, a black female director, which was Bethany Mollenkoff. And she didn't do the in-water footage, but she did all of the like lifestyle footage that you see in us driving in the old Falcon, like on the sunny California coast. And we really wanted it to come from that perspective, perspective that the surf industry probably has not seen and also Black culture. So we really wanted this lens to come from a woman in our community but also bring a different, fresh perspective to surfing. I mean, it's not like you had the most fancy, like, makeup or whatever. You were just you. I mean, it just looked beautiful. They're stunning images. Yeah, I think that that was part of our whole goal, too, as a collective. Even working with Amanda, we wanted to make sure this was, you know, we were displaying natural beauty and showing that we are all beautiful in the forms that we come in. And her suits, I'm... I'm plug in Sia because we all wear them or wore them even prior to this shoot and all felt very comfortable and that, you know, they fit us really nicely and we could actually surf in them and they were still fly, right? So we're still thinking about that too. So yeah, I think we really just wanted to show that like women, we don't have to change much about ourselves to be beautiful and we can be in this space and like celebrate each other and celebrate different body types and different hair textures and all the diversity that comes with being a woman. Hair textures. To talk to me about hair textures and hair. I know that's a, that's a point in a lot of discussions. And did that inform part of the name Textured Waves? Yes. So Textured Waves was, you know, we wanted to combine both our passion for wave riding and, you know, as Black women, hair and texture and, you know, embracing our hair is, it's a huge part of our culture. So we wanted to, again, marry those things. A lot of this is marrying these parts of ourselves that we don't see represented in the world, really. And we are these complex women that have different interests and, um, Yeah. So that's part of where textured waves come from. Like we all come in these different textures and fabrics and, but it also speaks to our hair texture in and itself, right? We all have different hair textures and all of those things should be embraced. We don't value just one. And that's a part of just accepting yourself as a person of color or a woman, even just basically a woman, you know, just accepting how you are. Renewed to our natural state, we are in sync with nature. The film did an incredible job capturing the feeling of joy through each member of Textured Waves. 
For Danielle Black Lions, rediscovering and celebrating joy has been an essential part of being a surfer. When we moved back from London and I had had my son, I was suffering from some postpartum depression. So, and I didn't even know I had it until I was in it. And, you know, people were just like, are you sad? Are you okay? I'm like, I think I'm sad. I don't even know. Like, it was one of those things where like, I had lost so much of my identity and myself becoming a mother. I had to reinvent myself. That's how I got into my new career as a captioner. And getting back into the water, that's where I found my soul again. You know, it really, it brought me back to me and who I was and who I've become today. So it's so healing for me. It's so necessary for my mental health. My family really knows that about me and they give me the space every day to, you know, go out and find myself again and be the good mother that I need to be and the good wife that I need to be for them. So it's my mantra to, to surf every, every morning and find myself again. Immersed in sisterhood, this bond can be felt across oceans. So when you all film together, you have complete creative control over this film. When I watch it, there is just so much joy during the filming, especially while you're surfing. And that was the purpose of the film, too. Um, you know, we, we were intentional about not focusing on, you know, segregation and, you know, kind of the, the more unsavory parts of those times. We wanted to flip it on its head and focus on the joy, really zone in on Black joy and what that means to be a water woman and to be a Black female water woman. You know, I think that all of us, when we're together in the lineup, it's even the first time that we surfed together, there was just this automatic kinship and sisterhood because, you know, when you're surfing with women, it's it's amazing in itself, right? Like if it's a full, like all woman lineup, you get that sensation and you're like tingly and you're vibey and you're happy. And then when you're surfing with, you know, women of color who look like you and you never get that, it's such a special thing. And I think that just we feed off each other's energy and happiness. And we're all just in this like zone of just we're floating around with a bunch of other black unicorns. It's amazing. It's like, you know, we're so we're so rare. There have been a lot of barriers that have kept black women and women of color from surfing. When we come back, Textured Wave co-founders Danielle Black Lions and Martina Duran talk about why representation in surfing matters and what Textured Waves is doing to make surfing more accessible to Black women and people of color. We are reclaiming our place in the deep blue, building off the strength of the generations that came before us. Supporting the belief that a life outdoors is a life well-lived, having an Icon Pass in your pocket unlocks a road trip-ready family of unique ski destinations. Across more than 40 Icon Pass destinations, the mountain community can explore wide open spaces, cut endless lines through fresh mountain air, and discover new adventures with old friends. So whether you're home mountain bound or ready for road trip rambles this winter, the best adventure is always the next adventure. On sale now, every 2020-2021 Icon Pass comes with Adventure Assurance, giving you the confidence to ride. Discover pass options and plan for adventure at IconPass.com. That's I-K-O-N-P-A-S-S dot com. 
Chelsea Woody, Danielle Black Lyons, and Martina Duran amaze me. Not only are they all badasses and surfers who run textured waves in their spare time, but they all bought their first surfboards and became surfers later in life as adults. Maybe if there had been more black women surfers for them to look up to, they would have started earlier. I think for all of us growing up, um, you know, we didn't see images of hardly any women in surfing. And then we saw zero images of black women. So um, that's probably why we all came to surfing a bit later in life. I think all of us probably had an epiphany with Blue Crush and, you know, seeing Michelle Rodriguez and at least she was a woman of color. And we were just like, yay, you know, some representation, still not us, but a person of color. I think just having that imagery is so important. Like we would see images of, you know, for me, gymnastics was really big back in the, in the eighties and nineties. And I, you'd see, um, you know, the gymnasts, Dominique Dawes was who I looked up to at the time. You'd see track and field stars that were, you know, incredible black women that were strong. And you'd see people that were in these spaces that we were, our culture and community was accepting of, but nothing counterculture. Like you wouldn't see it in swimming. There was no Simone Manuel back then. You wouldn't see prima ballerinas like we see now. It's so important to see women of color and women that look like you when you're young so that you know what's possible for yourself. You know, if you can't see it, you can't be it. So it's, I think it's incredibly um, important to see those visions and those visual references um, so that you can have something to strive to. Because I didn't know at that time, like, when I was nine or 10, you know, I was, I was doing swim team and I was, I was really good and I did it all the way through college. But again, like there was no Simone Manuel. I didn't know black people were, could be Olympians and I was you know, too late by then. So I just didn't have those references. I think had I seen someone who looked like me, maybe I would have tried harder to achieve something else. You know, I didn't know it was possible. So same thing with surfing. I think that's why we're putting these images out there. We're trying to make sure young girls and women see that it's, you know, it's never too late. Impossible is nothing. Like you can, you can do anything. You just sometimes need a little nudge or a little inspiration or a visual reference to make sure that, you know, it's attainable. This is the path of our own creation. Our representation lies in our own hands. Textured Waves is that inspiration and representation for other Black women and girls. Despite being spread across the country, the co-founders have created a community to motivate each other to keep riding the waves, even if they're the only women of color in the lineup. For those of you who aren't surfers, the lineup is where we all sit to catch waves. Martina Duran is one of the co-founders of Textured Waves, who happens to be based in Hawaii. Martina started surfing in college when she was studying abroad in Costa Rica, But when she returned to Florida, she found that the surf community was a lot less diverse. When I saw the image of either Danielle or Gigi or Chelsea out there on a surfboard shredding, I'm like, oh, my God, like (laughs) they do exist, you know, and there's just this whole layer, I think, of surfing as a woman of color. And that layer involves our hair care, our skin care, our body types 
how we're treated in the lineup, how we are maybe mistreated in the lineup. How do you navigate that, right? Because there's a lot of resources, I think, for like women navigating male lineups, right? And, you know, but there's no resources for like being a woman of color navigating an all white lineup that may be not as welcoming (laughs) to people of color. You know, I just like to say I live in Hawaii now, but I'm actually from Florida. And that's where I began to surf. And that's where I kind of grew my surfing skills. And Florida is still a part of the South. And, you know, I distinctly remember paddling to lineups and guys out there and the entire Confederate flag was their surfboard. (laughs) And that's a common thing. You know, that's this is Florida. It's the South, you know, and pulling up to breaks where the break may be a little bit more hidden. So you're kind of in you know, these smaller communities, smaller towns and pulling up alongside guys with huge pickup trucks or Confederate flags and surfboards and things. And so there's a lot to navigate. So for me, and this is speaking on my experiences as a surfer who has surfed mostly in the South, in the Southern United States, it was really refreshing and welcoming, I think, to see other people of color surfing, you know, because there's a lot of times I know that I question, I'm like, do I belong here? Is this my space? Is this something I should be doing? You know, that's my experience. (laughs) I appreciate you sharing that. So what's your experience like now in Hawaii? Hawaii, it's so interesting because the lineups are as diverse as the community, right? One thing I noticed growing up in Florida you would be on the beach. It was very diverse. You had blacks, whites, Spanish. But the minute you crossed into the water, into the aquatic space, into the surfing, there was this like, something was happening, right? Where only a certain group of those people went out and they were surfing. And the beautiful thing about here in Hawaii, you don't see that. So the diversity you see on the coast and on the land is reflected in the lineups here. sun, our skin develops. In the water, we see our hair blossom. Martina has also been involved in activism for making beach access and swimming more accessible to people of color. She's a member of the Surfrider Foundation, an activist foundation dedicated to protecting our oceans and the beach for everyone. And her passion behind this work is powerful. I'm wondering if you could just talk a little bit about beach access and how we can all work together to make surfing more accessible. Well, um, yeah, that's a huge problem. You know, one issue that we tackle a lot is just what you're speaking on is the privatizing of our coastline. I'm very fortunate in Hawaii, we don't have that. There's no such thing as a private beach in Hawaii. The coast is for everyone. And you see what that's done to the surf culture and the water culture here. It's just, it's very inclusive, right? Being in Florida, Florida has some problems with private beach access. You know, in the state of Florida, you'll have miles of coastline that are inaccessible to the people who live in those nearby communities unless you own a home on that beach. And then you'll have one access point every like five or six miles, right? 
And that's a problem on a lot of different levels, but also because we all pay taxes to maintain those coastlines, right? <laughs> like, so you're paying for something that you aren't allowed to have because you don't have maybe enough money to afford property on the water, you know, and that is a huge problem because what happens is the only beach you can access will be the one public beach every like five or 10 miles. And what happens is you have a lot of crowding and density on that one beach. People cannot spread out. So that is a very, very huge problem in the United States. Another place I like to surf a lot is Barbados. And Barbados also has amazing laws. Like they are not allowed to have private beaches on the island of Barbados as well. And you have this great inclusive aquatic culture because of that. So it's a problem on the mainland. It's a huge problem on the mainland United States. And sometimes, as we know, waves don't follow the laws of the United States, right? (laughs) The ocean is its own entity. So sometimes the areas where it's private are the areas maybe where there is waves or consistent waves. And then, you know, you'll have these spots which become localized, if you will. But then where where does the history of that localism lay, right? It usually lays in some form of racism, right? Segregation. You know, it was only the 60s. I mean, my grandmother was alive during a time where she would have been arrested for stepping on a beach, So these spots that then became localized, well, what allowed you to localize the spot? It was because my people were legally not allowed to be here to not, they weren't allowed to own property here. So of course it turns into localism. If you go to Orange County, where I spent a lot of time working in the surf industry, a lot of those beaches are completely private. You're right. And they're great beaches, beautiful beaches. This is something I'm really interested in. I'm wondering, like, what are ways, since you're part of Surfrider, that people can change this besides bringing awareness to it? Like, what have you learned? Because I don't know. The way the laws work in states and local municipalities, like, it's so kind of convoluted sometimes that the best thing to do is reach out to your local Surfrider chapter and see what initiatives they already have going on to start opening up the beach in their own communities. Because I I guarantee that most chapters have something going on to, you know, lobby their government. I know our chapter here in Oahu is always in the state capitol, (laughs) always lobbying, always testifying. It takes a lot of that groundwork. And then raising awareness in your community, too. I think a lot of people don't realize how much of their tax money does go into maintaining these coasts that they don't have access to, right? You know what I mean? So I think if people were more informed on that, it's like, listen, you pay for this, but you can't enjoy this. That's not very fair. You know, education is key, I think, in that aspect. And your community pools, local pools, you know, black children are five times more likely to drown than white children. And a lot of that is because they don't have access to swimming classes or safety classes. A lot of times those classes happen in community funded pools. And I think during the 70s, there was a huge defunding of public pools. And what was happening was you had a lot of these like country clubs coming up and building their own pools. It was a way that they were able to still segregate, right? When integration was happening, you know, when blacks were allowed to use community pools and swim in the same spaces that whites were allowed. And what happened following that is you saw uh, a lot of white communities then building their own pools and making it 
very community specific. And then what that ended up leading to is a defunding of a lot of these pools and closures of these pools. So you have a lot of kind of these dry islands, right? Where these kids in these communities have no access to the beach because the beach is private. And then also their local community pool is now closed and not funded. Getting involved in trying to fund local community pools in places where there are not community pools, I think is a huge initiative. And I think that's an initiative I'm going to take up. So thank you for bringing that to our attention. May future generations imaginatively decide their own narrative. May the waters of change greet us all. All right, so what is next for Textured Waves? Yeah, I mean, I think we want to put out there what is not being put out there, and we're not going to wait for the surf industry to do it. You know, you know, we do want to see a full-length film produced featuring people of color surfing from all around the globe and from all corners of the world, from all, maybe all stages of their surfing journey. We want something that we can put out that's aspirational. You know, I know we all as surfers have that surf film that we go back to constantly and we want to make that film for the next generation of, you know, personal color surfers. May you see us now. Young surfers, black surfers, women surfers, surfers of all shapes and sizes, they need to see themselves out there getting stoked out of their minds and experiencing the pure bliss and joy of riding waves. Chelsea, Danielle, and Martina's mission to diversify the surf is one I really admire, and I can't wait to see what they do next. I want to give a huge thank you to Chelsea, Danielle, and Martina for talking with me. I'm so excited you exist. Thank you so much for the work you do, not just for the surf industry, but also for the world. I totally believe surfing changes people, and we need more people surfing in more diverse and inclusive spaces, including in the ocean. Be sure to check out Textured Waves to learn more about what they're up to and their upcoming retreats. You can find them on their website at texturedwaves.com or on Facebook and Instagram at Textured Waves. And seriously, if you haven't seen See Us Now, go watch it. There's a link in the show notes at rei.com forward slash wild ideas worth living. Special thanks also to See Us Now filmmaker Bethany Molenkoff and the crew at SIA for letting us use this film in the show. Wild Ideas Worth Living is part of the REI Podcast Network. It's hosted by me, Shelby Stanger, written and edited by Sylvia Thomas, and produced by Chelsea Davis. Our executive producers are Paolo Motola and Joe Crosby, and our presenting sponsor this season is Subaru. As always, we appreciate when you subscribe, rate, and review the show wherever you listen. We read all the reviews. Some of them are really funny. And when they make me laugh out loud, that is just an extra bonus. Wherever you are in the world, please remember some of the best adventures often happen when you follow your wildest ideas. Mm